Facebooks, everybody. New faces, new name, new theme, same team. I am Drake Kamikaze. And I am the Pat Wick. And this is the best podcast in the oh. world. The WK Experience. Coming at you live at the WK Warehouse. Sips coffee. Sips the coffee. How you been? How you been? All right. Uh, we're here to talk Clash of Champions. Uh, we'll review what happened on in some of these matches. Uh, we're going to disregard majority of these matches. We'll give you our overall opinions on what happened at Clash of Champions, how we feel about you know, storyline continuations or storyline closings, things like that. And we'll just highlight a couple of matches that we each think, you know. Was this just, you know, was this just a filler pay-per-view for you? Just kind of fill the bill until, you know, obviously hell in the cell? I think that WWE, WWE is purposely putting out less lackluster content because SmackDown is about to move to Fox, you know. Hey, that's pretty good. I, um, I would totally agree with you. This kind of lackluster uh, pay-per-view kind of makes sense with all that's going on with, you know, the NXT premiere tonight. Once again, that premiere tonight, 8 o'clock on the USA Network. Yeah, I'm really actually excited for that, a lot more excited than I've been for WWE programming I mean, you get an extra hour of NXT, am I right? Well... Live programming. It all depends, because if they're going to go ahead and do this, are they combining NXT uh, North America and NXT UK? You know, because, like, my question is, on a network, you know, they'll have an hour of NXT, but then they also have an hour of NXT UK. So it was kind of like two hours of NXT already. Just one was the UK show, one was the, I guess we can call it the North American brand. Well, you, you have what, uh, you have a, a a match going on here, probably in the next NXT TakeOver, where the British, or the, I'm sorry, the European women's uh, came over and challenged the American NXT women's champion, am I right? Well, no, no. That's not it, the UK champ. Women's champion isn't the one that's coming over from UK. It's the former UK women's champion okay. that's coming to face Shayna Baszler. But that might actually be a match that's on the card for tonight. I'm not sure because well, I know that Roderick Strong and uh, Velveteen Dream are on the card tonight for the North American Championship. And didn't the former European champion UK? For the UK, didn't he faction over to the American? Yeah, he. I think he was in a triple threat match at the last takeover for Correct. for the championship. But so, like, you're, so you're seeing this. So maybe there, there's a maybe not necessarily an hour here and hour there. Maybe there's a combination of talent. Right. That's what I want. I don't want them to if they do it that way. I don't want them to have it. Oh, this first hour you're gonna get NXT, you know, North American and. The second hour, you're going to get NXT UK. I think they need to just blend these rosters and, and call it NXT if that's what they're going to do. Because what you're going to have is some fans not being a fan of the UK product, going to cut it off on the second hour. Or some fan that's not 
you know, that's a fan of the UK, but not the other one, they're not going to turn it on for 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 another hour, you know. Um, my thing is, and I and I've questioned this with you off air, is that you know we need you to see kind of a, and we are seeing it now. We they WWE has announced that there will be a redrafting. Right. Yeah. And so. Um, so my point was that the there needed to be a little bit of talent coming, not necessarily down, but to the NXT show to kind of fill in those slot. But now we're talking about maybe there being a European invasion. But here, here's the thing about that draft. They didn't include NXT in that draft when they were advertising. Oh wow! So yeah. it's it's the fate of Raw and SmackDown superstars announcers, you know, uh, authority figures and things like that. But no, I don't even think that there'll be people moving from NXT to the main show. Now, there are rumors that we're, we're going to see some people moving to NXT, you know, so theoretically you'd want to see, you know, people come from NXT and people go to NXT to improve product and, and to, you know, Give us something different, you know, every now and again. I don't want to see the same people in NXT the whole time because then it's just going to get stale because you're going to have this person have already wrestled this person 20 million times. Do I really want to see that again? Well, no, but we definitely, you know, if you're USA, you definitely want to make sure that your package was as good as the Monday and Tuesday SmackDown of that time. You know, obviously SmackDown going to Fox now. And Friday. On Fridays. But I'm sure Fox was the same way, you know. That's why they kind of are going away with this wild card rule where they want to make sure the package they have is the package they only can have. Right. Up until pay-per-views. And you remember when they first announced this deal with Fox that uh, Fox was saying, we want, you know, it to be more sport than theatric. So maybe it's a situation where Fox like, hey, I want these wrestlers because these wrestlers are really athletic. I want the athleticism this year. Maybe what I'm worried about in the long run of this whole brand split or whatever you want to call it uh, is that Raw is going to get stuck with all the big guys and Vince loves his big guys so he's still going to be trying to push that as the number one show and then SmackDown is going to get all of the athlete, all of, all of the athletic people and it's just going to be like you know this crazy athletic show where there's no not no storylines to that we're really following. It's just good wrestling. Because if we end up with one show where there's good wrestling and no storyline, and then another show where there's bad wrestling but perfect storylines, you know, then how long is that gonna last? Because Fox will find a way out of this deal. USA will find a way out of the deal. You know, and then where will we be watching, you know, WWE programming? Well, I mean... It's dangerous to me. If you're if you're Fox, and that's what you prelude to Vince, is that you want to want a more athletic show, then Vince, I'm hoping, made his point of view clear that if you want athleticism, we can give you that. It may take back on your storyline a little bit. There could be a risk there, you know. Let me do what I've been doing. It's been working for this many years. But, you know, Fox, you know, being with their history, has always wanted to do things their own way. Um, you know, I'm just excited. I, I really am just excited for NXT to get this opportunity for Beyond Wednesdays. Um, it just has, unfortunately, has to be at the expense of the, the billing on Class of Champions because I feel like 
there's so much excitement going into going to Fox and going to NXT that this billing for a class of champions just kind of lost its way. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, I even just forgot that the whole lead up to what we were just talking about was to get to the point of Clash of Champions. I'm already on to the freaking NXT show and, and, that's why and I like, mindset. That's why I like being your tag department. I like to reel you in sometimes, you know, and oh. get that fresh tag. Yeah. But uh, one of the matches that I felt like was important. We had to cover, right. To the development of what's happening in the future is pro- let's talk about uh no let's talk about the women's division as a whole. I'm not even going to take these three separate women's matches that we've seen and separate them. I want to talk about how much of a clusterfuck the women's division and the feuds in the women's division are. Like I I I love the whole I love the whole horsewoman versus horsewoman angle. Right. You know. Right. I just feel like it's so far all over the place that they're not really telling the story. No, they're not. No, they're not. This build-up for this, uh, what what Kamikaze is alluding to, is the Sasha Banks, Bailey, uh, Charlotte, Becky Lynch feud that that seems to be kind of going towards that angle, not necessarily uh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte joining up. It's just necessarily having similar foes. Right, and the Becky-Sasha match to me, was the most disappointing of the three. Now, I don't mind Bailey, you know, getting a quick win because she's in transition to a turn and heel. Right. You know, and I don't mind Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss retaining the championship, even right. though it doesn't do much for a story. You didn't mind. I wanted to see a little fire and desire get a little gold, but... Right. You know, but for as far as it helping a story or hurting a story, I didn't mind either of those instances. Now, this Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks thing where there's no organized finish to the match, it made for a bunch of confusion. Now, I know that they wanted to set up, you know, now I know that they wanted to set up for Hell in a Cell, but then it just appeared like, Okay, we don't know what to do. We don't really want to put the belt on Sasha right now, you know. So let's just have it end in chaos and ultimately disqualify Becky Lynch for striking the referee with the chair. Mm-hmm. I just felt like there's a way that somebody could have won that match without it being via disqualification, you know. And you could have build up, my friend. And you could have you could have saved, you know the outlook on both of those superstars going forward. Like, you know, it, Sasha taking a pin wouldn't squash her. You know, Tosh, Sasha tap, but tapping out wouldn't squash her. Mm-hmm. Neither for Bailey. you know. Obviously, you wanted Bailey to retain, so it would have been Sasha taking, doing a job. It wouldn't have hurt her, you know. Her okay. character is so far developed that Sasha can rebound from losing to a competitor like Becky Lynch. And I feel like I, w- I would have... Loved it more for them to expand on the storyline with one of these ladies winning rather than ending in an all-out brawl that ultimately meant absolutely nothing. You know, because you could have had Becky resiliently beat Sasha and then had Bailey come out and then they both attacked Becky at the end of the match if you wanted to, you know, further on the storyline after that. It's just the no-finish finish. 
didn't do you know much for me. I didn't really like that. It's funny how in this specific draft, how it preludes so much to the NFLs. How there's so much anticipation on who's which, who's going to go to which brand, because of what you're talking about specifically, as far as where is this feud going to take itself. It, it, the draft's going to be a big part of it, especially if Fox wants exclusive rights to their guys and there's no crossover. It's really going to be interesting how this thing breaks up because you could have what you were talking about. And I feel like the disqualification was more of like a, a prelude or a setup to an actual bigger match, whether it be in a cell. Oh, it's definitely in a cell. Because... That match is announced already. But so so that's so, so I'm saying. So now with the disqualification, grants a second match because with the disqualification, you can never can get that final answer. Oh well, you won, but you won by disqualification. It wasn't legit. Wasn't a pinfall. Wasn't a submission. I mean, hell, I don't even like ten countouts, so I wouldn't even include that. Right. But I mean, it it sets it up beautifully for Hell in a Cell. That's what they want to sell, and that'll be the next pay per view under the the new Fox format Fridays, you know? The concern there is what you tell what you, what that tells me is that I only have to pay attention to certain pay per views to stay invested in a storyline, you know? You know how like when you get invested well, in Well we've mentioned this before. With the whole Baron Corbin, Seth Rollins, three straight pay per views. Yeah. And the Lacey but Evans, Becky Lynch three straight pay per views. That that, that compared to this was fine. Because in each of those matches that we were discussing, that you were just mentioning, there was a finish. You know, a legit finish. Whether somebody cheated to win or whatever, there was a finish. In this match, I just feel like that no finish finish, like, it didn't work for this situation. You know, these women already have history that you could have built on to create a storyline. Saying, oh, well, you know, Sasha forced Becky to get a get disqualified. You know, all of that shit. It complicates the storyline a little bit, and it takes away from the fact that these women are fighting because they used to be friends, and one feel like they got more of it, more opportunity than the other one. Right. You know, so, like, that's not even a storyline right now. Like, that's what I felt like it should have been. You know, now it's just they're fighting because they don't like each other, but that's just not true. They're all friends. You know, we know that. You know, like, you can't. I feel like the storyline now has went from being a legit believable storyline to one that's not believable. I'll tell you, when I first saw the four in the ring, I almost thought there was going to be a kayfabe moment, like in Madison Square Garden so many years ago. But I, I knew for them to tread the way they're treading as far as going up and keep progressing in the women's division, they can't do that just yet. Right. I feel like those guys earned it. Because there were guys, and because of certain situations now, I feel like if there was a kayfabe moment, there's nowhere for them to go. There's no one leaving WWE to go to WCW. Right. So we can't have that moment. And they're not going to We can't have that let moment. talent just walk out that they want to keep and go to AEW. It's just not happening. They'll put you on lockdown. You know? But, yeah, so the women's division just has been part of my favorite part of WWE programming. And for it to lose some of its, you know, luster, you know, going into one of the big four, like, you know, um, big four, uh, what is the Survivor Series. Okay, right. 
I was hoping that this 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 was a way. I'm hoping that this is a way to come full circle and put the four horsewomen together. Kind of have like a traditional Survivor Series woman with the four horsewomen versus four other women in some capacity well, at Survivor Series. Well, we've commented that a little bit how we we've seen the growth of the hero of, of factions right. over time. You know, and it leading. You know, once we get through Hell in a Cell. Survivor Series would be the next prelude around Thanksgiving time. Am I correct? Right. Um, so you know, I'm I'm excited because we're seeing these a reintroduction of these old traditions. We're just seeing Baron Corbin crowned Monday officially, King of the Ring. King of the Ring. Which so, I think that that King of the Ring match had more value to the pay per view than a Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan match. And we kind of should have, they should have put that match on the pay-per-view. Because King of the Ring, that's like a crowning achievement. Like, it's literally a crowning achievement. You know, why not put that on Clash of Champions? You kind of become the champion King of the Ring when you win that. So, I feel like that was a Clash of Champions. It was a one-time its own pay-per-view. And I feel like Clash of Champions and King of the Rings was an opportunity to kind of segue into something. And now they've kind of... Put King of the Ring on Monday nights, and it was just—it was it, weird to have a pay per view like Clash of Champions, and while you while you have a King of the Ring tournament going on, and not put that in there, give the payoff at pay per view. You know, don't get me wrong. I mean, Monday is a great place to kind of get have that match, especially because it was the you know the co main event of that night, right? right? Yeah. So I mean, but it. It, it it did deserve like you said, Kamikaze, uh, a pay per view. Right, you know, I, and and we we had to mention the Eric Rowan and Roman Reigns match anyway. So that 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 King of the Ring thing was a perfect segue from the women's division to this match because we saw the return of Luke Harper. You know, and excited I'm excited return. Yeah, excited and I'm a huge return. fan of Luke Harper. I think he's the most one of the most athletic big men in WWE now. He actually has some real competition with the undervalued, undervalued, and uh, big the time. guys of heavy machinery. You know, being so athletic, so he's definitely one of the most athletic big men. And I just like the way he goes about business in the ring. I like his his move set. It's it's not really flashy, you know, but it's he's deliberate. A, he's a big guy, but he shows that he can move in the ring. You know, he can move in the ring and tell a story while wrestling. So I'm excited for that. But that's the only thing that excited me about this match being on the pay-per-view, which is why I think that the King of the Ring match, if it didn't deserve this spot, it deserved a spot. I think the Kofi, knowing what we know now as far as facing Brock Lesnar going forward, I feel like the Kofi Reign order thing was a, a, a good chapter, end of the chapter for that one going into the the new pay-per-view knowing that Brock Lesnar is the next opponent for Kofi. My thing with that is I would have loved that match had they told it different like, way. Like yeah, like how they told it back when Kofi did wasn't a guy, when Kofi didn't win. Like they made Kofi look so strong in that match, you know, while going into defeat to Randy Orton in this match, it was just Kofi getting his ass whooped constantly, constantly, constantly. Yeah, it was the, constantly. the traditional heel, baby face. And, yeah, and and it came 
the the match placement of this is the problem. If you were gonna do that with this match, you should have put that on before Sasha and Becky. Because having the match in the way Sasha's and Becky's did with how crazy everything went and like how it took the life out of the audience to put on a match where you had a heel just basically dominate the match and beat the face up. Like the crowd reaction was justified because I'm not a big fan on quiet crowds. I feel like if you're in there in the arena, you need to make some noise. Right. But I feel like it was justified because you put this match, a pretty boring match, you know, in that position, in the position to follow a finish such as Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. Well, that's why I feel like the the like we spoke with earlier in the the podcast that there were, this was rushed. I feel like with this whole moving around of everything and the NXT coming up and Friday nights, you know, this was just a a goofball type of booking and uh, you know, big error on WWE. I mean, you know, not to not to to skip the score the story and go right into the you know, the actual, you know, I mean Reading potatoes uh, seems kind of uh, seems kind of rushed. Yeah. It was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. We don't really need to talk about the cruiserweight championship match. Neither one of us really watched two hundred five live, so we don't even know what the storyline is going on there. You know, I don't know how much anybody watch of two hundred five live. That's just one product that hasn't gained my interest right now. You know, we spoke of athleticism, you know, uh, a need for and over in the Fox. You know, hopefully someone can utilize that division if that's what they want with a lot of these 205 guys because they want athleticism. These guys are it. Right. And if, they're, if, they're, if they'll do anything, it would be wise to just combine it. Com- blend these guys in with the roster. You know, if you need to, make another Cruiserweight Championship let me ask you a question. Was the, the, the octagon ring that was so famously brought up earlier... Hexagon. The hexagon ring. Six sides. Six yeah. sides, right. Is that, like, trademarked by that organization? Is that trade? I don't know. I don't think that's trademarked by TNA. I'm just not a fan of it. I was going to say, because doing that with the 205, I like that idea. Well, it made the X division a lot bigger than what the Correct. cruiserweight division was having all of those sides to play with right when you, are, when you have the aerial attack so maybe it, i don't know i never really thought about that because i've never really been a fan of that six-sided ring you no know? i wasn't for for you know what the the bigger boys that they'll need six sides you know i'm I'm still good with the four-sided ring but just in the cruiserweight division to give it something different a different flavor just for that specific division would be nice. Yeah. I mean, obviously they can't do it because there's a setup, but, you know, somehow bring it back or, or implicate it in some type of pay-per-view format. Yeah, maybe. Um, uh, anything else from Class of Champions, Kamikaze? Um, let me breeze over the United States Championship match. AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander, to me, was Cedric's burial. You know, because AJ Styles won that match handily. I mean, there was some offense by Cedric Alexander, obviously. He's not going to go down without a fight. But AJ Styles hit Cedric Alexander with a Styles Clash. Could have pinned him three, but he lifted his head up. Then he went on to hit him with a phenomenal forearm and then another Styles Clash. And then eventually pinned him for the win. Which I felt like that was just a burial of Cedric. Cedric hasn't really done anything since losing the Cruiserweight Championship. 
He got moved to Raw from 205 Live. I don't know if that's a weight thing or if that's a, oh, we think you're just that kind of guy. But he's been brought up and he's been jobbing to... To everybody. Yeah, everybody, basically. But another, another guy that... Uh, uh, I'm glad you brought him up. Another guy that would benefit from, from stepping into NXT and maybe giving himself a, a breath of fresh air. Just an idea. AJ Styles or Cedric Alexander? Oh, no, no. AJ Styles is staying put. Right. He's a major brand. I'm saying Cedric Alexander. Right. You know, give him an opportunity. Well, we, we've always talked about expanding the, the titles NXT has. Yeah. So maybe, you know, like you said, you get this influx of, of not necessarily... Santa Cruz weeks. Why not? You know, Santa Cruz weeks. You know, if you devote about 15 to 20 minutes of cruiserweights, I feel like you can generate what WCW used to have. A want and need for, for, for a cruiserweight division, a legit cruiserweight division, not just its own little, you know, hour or, or however know how long the actual program was uh, of just cruiserweights. You know, come up with, a, a, a you know, some great characters. I mean... There are some guys out there with some major good mic, with some mic skills out there that are cruiserweights. I mean, give them some time. Yeah. Give them some opportunity. Don't let them be such a robot out there. Also, we had both Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Champions change hands. To uh, For Raw, we had Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler defeating Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman, which was... Not upset at all. Which was pretty, like, like I was obvious that that was going to happen, you know. Braun and Seth weren't really a tag team. It was just a situation where one saved the other one the following week. They, Seth returned the favor to Braun, and then they ended up winning the tag team titles. Now, I think this tag team of Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler could be something interesting. Could be something, especially if you've noticed the sort of factions they've tied themselves to. Right, and, and Dolph is really good on the mic. He's really good in the ring. His issue is staying healthy and that's the problem he's had with being a top main guy you know? and as well as guys coming and, and, and nailing him in the back as well too well, yeah. but um, I think that if they do it right a story that they can tell with Rude and Ziggler you know having a lengthy reign with the tag team titles could be pretty good mm-hmm. if you put them in a stable with somebody I think that'll make it even more interesting I mean, I, I'm just clamoring for more stables. I need more stables, you know. The Undisputed Era has reminded me of how much I loved stables in wrestling, you know. Speaking of uh, uh, stables and NXT, uh, Roderick Strong, I believe, has a great opportunity tonight on the 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 airing of the USA show right, versus gonna... Velveteen Dream for the North American Championship. Which, of course, you would know would, would complete the prophecy yeah. of all uh, um, of the... All the gold. No, I'm saying, what, what is, it, what is the, the faction? Oh, the Undisputed Era. Yeah, it would be the Undisputed Era knowingly they have all the gold. They have the tag team, they have the world, they have the NXT title, they would have the North American. They would be set. Sparking to me the the NWO feeling of when they basically held all the the belts at one time, it, it's going it's starting NXT off for on this hill that's just I'm just so it's like watching a man on the moon for the first time I can imagine you know, you see a birth we, we we kind of formatted it a little bit to the watching your kid go to school not necessarily your kid being born but 
but more or less for the, for your kid going to school for the first time, he, right. he's getting released out into the main uh, cable extremities, and you're going to see if he can swim, which we both know they can. You know, as USA, long as Vince keep his hands off of NXT, USA is not going to going to going to find themselves you know hurting after this on Wednesday nights. Believe me. Yeah, as long as Vince keep his hand off the product, NXT should be okay. Uh, the revival are your new SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I don't really want to say anything more about that. I feel like. Well, let's keep it positive, you know, Kamikaze. You know, I mean, I mean, it, it just it just allows New Day to reach the next number. Right. It's not anything negative. I mean, I don't. I think the revival deserve to be tag team champions. You know, they had a. They're a decent heel tag team. I I I love them in NXT. They've been a little stale since they've got to the main roster. It's just because Vince doesn't know what to do with these guys who have developed their character in NXT because he's probably not even watching the product to see how their characters are to even give them an opportunity to be who they were. Hmm. I like the revival. I don't mind them being tag team champions. The New Day has had so many runs. I'm actually pretty bored with the New Day as a tag team right now. I'm ready for the split up. I'm ready for the split up. I'll um, I'll be honest with you. It was fun for the last four or five years or however long the New Day has been going, but right now... You just got to figure out which which one's going to be heel first. Right. And I think it needs to be Big E. You think it Big, needs to be Big E needs to be the one to take down Kofi. I feel obviously. like Big E on his own, he he can get titles on his own. Shinsuke Nakamura defeated The Miz Ooh. for the Intercontinental Championship. Only thing I have to say about this is I was really disappointed because I want Miz to get the record, you know, so that I people can start saying what I've been saying for the last four or five years about The Miz, that The Miz is one of the greatest of all time. He's definitely, in my opinion, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Because when The Miz is not intercontinental champion, I don't really know who's intercontinental champion until I see them with the belt. When The Miz is the intercontinental champion, I always know that The Miz is the intercontinental champion. All right. And then this leads me to my question. Okay. Does Miz have another title on him? And any title. Does any it, title any or title. any time. No, no, don't give me, you know, Miz can hold the 24-7 title. That's Miz really can is. hold any championship you put are they, in front are they, of them. Are they I, going to? You can give Miz the WWE SmackDown overall women's championship and it will be great. For real, like the Miz just... He turns the turns the shit and make it make it sugar, you know. So if he so you think he he's able to go through another title run? Oh yeah. So the, what about know, the Miz? Wouldn't be wouldn't make a title run successful. No, I he's, just I just think you, you you. I'm not saying that you've tapped it out, but I mean, he's moving on to other things now. As far as being a hill or movies, what a good. You know, what, just what do you mean? movies, shows, more on his plate. Nah. You know, so that 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 the Miz is all Miz for. At least the last ten years have been one of the hardest working people in the WWE. You know, like when they talk about the John Cena's that worked really hard, the Triple H's that worked really hard, the Randy Orton's that worked really hard. The Miz is always should have been one of the guys being talked up talked about. Miz came into this business not knowing anything and became one of the greatest of all times because he worked hard. I think the Miz has, you know, the ability to carry Miz and Mrs. and the WWE programming at the same time. He's been 
in and out of Hollywood circles with the in he's been dealing with people in the NFL as far as for the longest, you know. He's a reality star before he was a wrestler. So the reality stuff comes second nature. It's the wrestling, you know, that he that's actually worked and he's really good at his job, you know. I feel like if you take the Intercontinental Championship off of Shinsuke and you put it on the Miz, it instantly gains more relevancy because Miz is synonymous with that championship at this point, you know? Um, I just I look at the Miz character and I'm just thinking, you know, it's it's one or two years before he's uh, Titus O'Neil. He's a representative. Nah. No, 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 no. Titus O'Neil has always been Titus O'Neil. You don't go from being a Miz to being a Titus O'Neil. Okay. You know, Titus O'Neil is just a guy that they never figure out what to do with. Had a lot of potential. I love the primetime players as a tag team. Could have been one of the greatest tag teams of all time if they just could figure out a way to make that gimmick work in the storyline. Mm. You know, mm. in a dominant fashion. You know, as heels, as face, they couldn't get it off the ground. Titus O'Neil's character was deemed from the start. The Miz forces you to watch him. Like, when he says he is must-see TV, you might not believe it until he's actually must-see TV. But... He's really must-see TV, you know. I caught myself watching Miz and Mrs., and I'm like, oh, shit. It's because it's The Miz, you know. Well, no, I know it's The Miz. I just feel like, you know, it's... it's. I, I'm giving the guy two two, two more years to, um, to, to, you know, as far as get a title. I mean, I'm not saying... I don't think he's universal title belt. But, you know, I mean, the United States and Intercontinental, absolutely. Yeah. Um, anything else on the class of champions? Uh, well, we pretty much went through the whole show, so we might as well mention that uh, Seth Rollins defeated Braun Strowman. Uh, with the fourth, with four stomps. Yeah, with four stomps and a pedigree. I saw that. Yeah. Where did the pedigree come from? Where do you think? Well, Is that just you know a tool in his toolbox that yeah. he just doesn't use that much? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you remember, but the stretch with the authority. Uh huh. I do. Remember. He started using the pedigree as a finishing move. Kind of the, you know, put in your face kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. Like, oh, yeah, I'm rolling with Triple H. So it was nice to see him bring that back and find a way to defeat uh, Braun Strowman, which I think, you know, has been the toughest task yet because the Brock Lesnar situation, you know, you already knew what you needed to do to beat him. You know, you already knew what you was going to have to go through. But Braun was like a unknown for Seth because he hadn't been in the ring in that capacity with him at all up until that point. So, I mean, it sucks to see Braun take another clean loss to a top talent because Braun should be in this Universal Championship picture Absolutely. as a mainstay. Always thought that. But having The Fiend come out at the end of the match and ultimately, you know, the famous picture that that's going around on social media, the pose with Seth's head in his hand, you know, him standing there, you know, it... it it's going to make for a great uh, a great Hell in a Cell match between Seth Rollins and The Fiend. You know. What did you think of the ending of Raw last night? Or, or I'm sorry, the other night when it was um, the friendly firehouse or friendly 
Yeah, just like spamming. Yeah, just basically like clicking back and forth. It, 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 the storyline is developing. I thought the TV well. was broke, honestly. The storyline is <laughs> developing well, and I want to see where they go with it. And you're and you're seeing uh, Seth Rollins play a, a character that he doesn't normally play. Yeah, a scared that's, character. A scared character. And and that's pretty. That's gonna be good for Bray Wyatt's, uh, the Fiend character because the more people that show fear, like the more it's believable, you know, and. That's why I'm. That's why I'm actually excited about this quick transition from one storyline to the next storyline. Which, if you ask me about the whole show, that's all it was was a bunch of quick transitions to another storyline. Introductions in the new storyline, you know, which right. sucked for most part of the show. But this is the one that makes sense. You know, um, do I want to see two? Do I want to see Braun win a championship as a as a good guy? You know, over another good guy? No. No. I want to see him win the championship as a mean heel who had all of these opportunities taken away from him, who's mad as hell and is going to run through everybody to get it and destroy everybody to get it. That's when I'm re- that's when I'd be ready for Braun to do it. But Bray is ready. You know, this this is the type of feud where Seth don't even need to lose the championship for them to give us a payoff. Right. Because if Seth looks like he's scared for his life and 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 still overcomes his fear. They told a story that's gonna uplift people and appeal to the kids and everything, and that's great. Yeah. Or if Bray Wyatt come out as the evil monster on top with everything, then you give all of the good guys something to chase because you have a real, a realistic, I mean, a, a believable demon, you know, that could be unstoppable, you know, with all of the mind games that he play and the different things that. Absolutely. And Bray's character. And then Bray still has, you know, members of his family out there that are still working together in their, Very interesting point in their endeavors. You know, so, like, you can go so many different ways with the Bray Wyatt storyline that I'm really excited to see, you know, what's going to come from that. So that's that's something that, you know, wasn't really fun to watch, but, you know... it. It came out on the right side of the storyline, the storytelling. I think it was the right conclusion for the paper, absolutely. Right. You know, so, it, it feeds our interest as far as what to look forward to with the fiends that problems going forward. Absolutely. Right. So if you watch Clash of Champions, you'll understand why we aren't really hype about that that show. Um, and if you didn't, I would recommend. <laughs> Probably saving you some yourself some time and not watching. Watch it. Raw and SmackDown of the the following days after the Clash right. Champion. You'll get the gist of it. Yeah, you'll get the gist of it without all of the 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 confusion that they put us through. Before we uh, close this up and lead you guys into some special interviews that we have for you guys on this show today, uh, we just want to say that we're really excited for. Uh, NXT moving to USA. Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock. We hope the Vince keeps his hands off of it and it can continue to be a great product because what, what you're going to see if you're not familiar with NXT is that NXT is WWE's best product. You know, it has the best wrestling, the best storytelling, the best pay-per-views that they call takeovers. And, like, it's just going to be a, a overall better product than Raw and SmackDown has been the last few years. And if you're not familiar with it, tune in tonight, Wednesday, 8-7 Central, uh, for NXT's move to the USA Network. I can describe it always one thing is the wrestling world hitting the gas. 
and I can describe SmackDown and Raw is that once people get the gas in NXT, you somehow have to put the brakes a tad bit more in Raw and SmackDown. All right. All right, so coming in now, you're going to hear a couple of interviews from the last event that we attended. Uh, TCW. Yes, Thunder Championship Wrestling. We were at Arbondale's High School in the Tracy McGrady Gymnasium once again for an independent show. Uh, that featured former WWE star Gangrel. You know, spit. They spit on us. Yeah, uh, we actually were on we're, the side where we were in the splash zone. Where where uh, Gangrel spent his metaphor, spit his <laughs> spat his metaphorical blood, you know, from the chalice onto us, and then he apologized to us, which was you know, which was <laughs> perfect. When they break kayfabe like that, it's perfect. Yeah, I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Uh, but the most important, the uh, the most fun part of our show was after the of that day was after the show where we got to talk to um one of my favorite guys that I've seen perform at Thunder Championship Wrestling in Chico Adams. Chico Adams, very impressive, uh was a guy that, that, that took care of business in the ring and outside the ring. I loved love the interview process. Uh Chico, uh you've got a, a big fan in the uh, two the, big fans. Two big fans in the WK experience. And I just have to say to anybody out there that you, that's familiar with Thunder Championship Wrestling or Chico Adams that just don't say Chico sucks, you know, because... We, he doesn't like that very much. We we know what happens when you tell Chico he sucks. Uh, but, yes, we have an interview with Chico Adams and also an interview with... A follow-up interview with Ray Bees, yeah. a.k.a. Boots. Boots, Boots, Boots. You know, Boots. another, you know, great independent talent uh, who I am... A huge fan of you know both these guys they're great to watch uh tell stories in the ring uh it, it's it's beautiful to see to get to sit down and speak with guys that really love wrestling and these are two guys that really love wrestling which makes the experience all the more better you know uh these guys aren't out there to collect the major paycheck which hopefully one day they're absolutely they are collecting major paychecks because they really love it you know but to see them put their bodies on the line for, you know, our entertainment and, you know, not even to be reaping some of the awards, I mean, some of the same benefits that guys that are in WWE are getting, you know. Correct. Just to learn and, and, and get better and hone their craft. So I just want to say thank you so much to Chico Adams and Ray B's, a.k.a. Boots, for the interviews. Uh you have anything else? Once again, uh, we like to thank Ray Bees. Uh, we like to promote him in the up-and-coming wrestling school that uh, I believe will be run by TCW. It will be out of Winter Haven, if I'm correct, or Arbondale, one of those we'll two. We'll have more details on the TCW wrestling school in the future, but as for now, we're just going to uh, mention that they are you know, opening up a wrestling school. Very excited for them. Very excited be- for them doing some work with them we don't know what capacity just yet but we just know that and we're gonna put maybe a little bit of a teaser out there there may be what we like to call a, a media row hopefully at the next tcw we're in the works possibly of getting that done so if you're out there and you've got a connection to any kind of internet service make your voice be heard let them know that you want the wk experience on media's row come next tcw event
All right, so here's the interviews, and thank you guys for listening to the WK Experience. I am Dre Kamikaze with my tag team partner, Pat Witt, and we're out. Ladies and gentlemen, we've just finished an amazing TCW event. We're here now with Chico Adams. Chico, you had these guys fighting at every move you had. You were you you were basically the best heel tonight. Um, we've got a few notes here we want to go over. Obviously, great match tonight, Chico. Oh, you so obviously before you, before you get in there. First off, oh sorry, did I get that correctly? You did. Um, you did not mention. Gotcha. No, no, no problem. No problem. Before we get into to the notes and everything, first off, I'm Pro Hill. I love your character. Your character so far, for me, is the best. I, I appreciate that. I really do, but I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, when I step through that curtain, that's me. That's me with the volume turned all the way up. And uh, anyone who knows me, whether it's in the ring or out, can attest for that. I'm a very confident man. When I want something, I go after it full force. I'm very, very hungry. I really am. I'm hungry for success. And I will do whatever it takes to make my dreams come true. Um, we have a debut date for you, June 25th. What can you remember from that day? That was my first match. It was in Ocala, Florida. I wrestled in a three-way match against uh, a man I won't mention. And the other person was Jason Falcone, who to this day is a good friend of mine. We've been opponents. We've tagged. He's still wrestling around. I actually saw him just another uh, week ago. And uh, you know, he's a great guy, and I was, I was honored to have my first match with him. But yeah, that was in Ocala. Uh, it was a good experience, and then uh, not long after that, I ended up switching to a school in Orlando, Florida, and that's where I learned the majority of what I, what I know now. And eventually, I moved to Orlando, and that's when my career kick-started. You know, if, if you want to... Orlando is like the Hollywood when it comes to, you know, professional wrestling. If you want to make a name for yourself... Uh, Orlando's is that the with the, the establishments they have there with the full sale well, development with NXT and things like that? Or that's, my, good... that's my opinion. I mean, at one point in time, you know, TNA used to run out of Orlando. Right. Uh, we have the Performance Center. We have NXT, you know, in Orlando, full sale. So, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, ultimately, if you end up getting signed by the WWE, you have to end up reporting to Orlando. So my thing is, you know, if I'm already living here, but with that being said, uh, some people argue that Florida is oversaturated with talent because a lot of people have that mentality. So the key is to branch out, work as many different places, different people, different states, as much as you can. So at this point in time, I've wrestled in 12 states. Uh, next month, I'm going to Colorado, which will be my 13th state. I'm going to uh, OBW at some point as well in Kentucky. That'll be my 14th state. So I'm just trying to you know, work many different people, different places. And eventually, I'd like to go international as well. Because that's what you really learn, and that's where you make a name for yourself. I noticed that within your, your stat line as far as your, your many accomplishments as far as many-time tag team champion, uh, as far as Florida being... Florida heavyweight champion, yeah, Ryan heavyweight, heavyweight champion, WXW TV. I mean, honestly, I would I would be here all day long listing all the accomplishments that I have. Let's just say this. I'm a very accomplished athlete. I love gold. So I love gold. I love that. I love that. Now, you obviously have many trainers. Some we can't talk about. Some we will talk about. Any experiences coming into these kind of events, they've kind of like prolonged you to maybe be used to. Um, obviously, you take the bumps. You, you take the heat. You work the promo, which you work it best. 
in the ring. And I just want to know, like, is all of this just coming full circle for you now? You've got the, ex you're getting the experience. You're going to the 13th state. Is the training what you thought it was going to be and what it, what it has been for your career? Well, like you mentioned, I've learned from a plethora. It's a very uh, $500 word. I've learned from a plethora of guys, and I definitely recommend to learn from as many different people as you can. I mean, you'll learn a little, it's like, a melting pot you learn a little bit from each person and then you find what works what doesn't work and uh you put your own spin on it so but yeah some of the people that i have trained with i trained with jesus rodriguez former wwe superstar ricardo rodriguez he's someone i've learned a lot from because you know he's been on that stage he's been on tv and so i learned a lot of just little things too the little nuances that really set me set me apart uh, I'm also currently training with uh, WWE Hall of Famer Afa the Wild Samoan. Wow. You know, he's you know, a great man. He's very influential on my, not just wrestling, but my personal life as well. Uh, another thing I do a lot is I attend a lot of seminars. So I've done well over a dozen seminars. Guys like Steve Perino, uh, Roderick Strong. Uh, Steve Perino. Wow. Yeah. Old King of old school. I've actually wrestled Steve Perino um, back in... December 2012. It was you know, I, super early on, but it was one of my more memorable matches. I try to teach this guy as much old school as I can, and Steve Perino is one of those guys that just worked that boot gimmick. Oh yeah, worked he's amazing. He's extremely, ECW. extremely intelligent. I mean, he can have, he can do simple stuff, and he just puts his own spin on it, and it makes it bigger than anything you can see. In your opinion, Chico, is that a sort of an error that is not given as much credit? In your opinion. Well, I'm a huge believer in the in less is more. You know, like you, when you think of uh, modern day wrestling, a lot of times people, like for example, I've had someone tell me, "Oh, I've never seen you do a super kick. I've never seen you do a dive or anything off the top rope. You don't do this. You don't do that." Because there's, I feel like people are so, uh, you know, accustomed to seeing that. It's like your mind's so desensitized, you know, on seeing certain right. things. So when someone comes along that doesn't do it, it's like, wait, what's what's going on? That's that's my thing. You know, I don't want to be known as just another face in the crowd. I want to be the face that draws the crowd. I find what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, and I take my strengths and I just turn it up a notch. I love to yell, I love to I love to cheat. You know, I like to make faces, you know, I, I like to do a lot of things and that's what I do. If the, ultimately, you have to have fun. It's like dressing up for Halloween, you know. You don't. You dress up as something you want to be. If someone says, "Hey, you're gonna dress up as this for Halloween," I mean, you might still have fun with it, but you gotta you gotta find what works. And ultimately, you have to have fun, and the fans will pick up on that, good or bad. You can tell when people are are not having fun when they're bored. You know, you got You gotta go out there. This is our dream. This is what we wanted to do our whole lives. And if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? All right. I got a question about what we saw tonight. I have an I answer. Just, I <laughs> I just wanted to know, like, what's it like taking those? Those shots from Gangrel in the corner with, with his intense intensity. He, I've had six matches thus far with Gangrel. Um, four singles, two tags. First one was WrestleMania weekend 2017, and it was one of my favorite matches I've ever had. Now, that guy is intense. I mean, for, for how long he's been wrestling, I mean, he, that guy is one of the most intense guys I've ever been in the ring with. He's like a pit bull. And for, at his age, his experience, it's like... He moves like nothing, but he's also a big, strong guy, and he'll push you, not just physically, but mentally as well. I, lo I love being in the ring with guys on that level, because that's how you truly learn, and you learn what you're made of. Right. Got another one? All right, before we get into a question and answer, if that's okay with you, Chico, mm -hmm. I, I want to take a shout-out to your, your mass roots. 
I'm a Red Sox guy. Any chance that Chico is a Red Sox fan? To be completely honest, I don't watch or follow sports at all. Okay. I do have family in New York as well, so... Okay. So some, you can't really... Well, some of my family are Yankees fans, but I also most of my friends from up north are Red Sox fans, so I, I hear both sides of it people in my life, but I can't say either way because I don't watch it. I got you. Okay. All right, we'll get into the question and answer. I hope you have enough time here, Chico. Oh. Just going to throw this real quick, kind of rapid yep. fire. All right. Pin one, DQ, or submission? You've got Flair, Undertaker, Angle. Where are you going with that? As far as if you had to pin one, disqualify one, or submission one? Flair, Undertaker, Angle. Honestly, I just would love to be in the ring with, with all three of those guys just because of, you know, those are three guys that I study. Those are guys that I would love to just pick their brain and, and learn from, you know, whether I'm doing whether I'm doing any of those things you just mentioned. I mean, I would honestly just be a sponge and learn as much as I can. From them. Is, there, is there an availability to get that kind of knowledge from those guys? Or is there not necessarily a Q&A availability, but is there a time and a place where you can maybe pick their brains and maybe... Asset that knowledge they may be maybe containing there to, to, to better obviously I mean, benefit I've, yourself. I've met Ric Flair and uh, Kurt Angle before, you know, throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I never got a chance to really uh, pick their brain or talk to them, but it's one of those things you never know. You might end up running into them, absolutely, or if you're backstage and whether you're signed or whether you're there just helping out, you know, you never know where you might meet them, but mm-hmm. whenever I'm in, you know, close proximity to someone who's better than me, I always try to ask questions, ask critique, feedback, pick their brain, because so you gotta be a sponge for everybody. You got anything? All right, these next two questions may be a little bit close, and let me know, Chico, if I'm stepping over boundaries. This is just something as real. Question, mm-hmm. I got three factions here, and I just wanna know which one would you join? We have the Four Horsemen, DX, or the Main Event Mafia? Uh, I'll be honest, I really didn't watch TNA a whole lot when the main event mafia was going. I know of them. I know exactly who was in it. I know some of the stuff they've done, but I I, I didn't really watch it a whole lot at the time. Um, I grew up with DX. Absolutely. And um, of course, you know, I know very much of the Four Horsemen, but um, if I had to join one, I would have to say DX only because that was my childhood. Like I, I started watching wrestling consecutively as a diehard fan when DX was, you know, coming around and at their peak so i mean i probably have the you know a soft spot in my heart for them if i were to join one based on my childhood experiences growing up watching them um but also studying them as well i mean i studied all those guys in all three factions um but you know Shawn michaels triple a two guys absolutely i I study them all the time so just to be in that group and and be able to learn from them that would be amazing as well and and hey to relive your childhood and that's the reason that's the reason we all get in it we grow up watching it we become huge fans these guys they they allow us to have this emotional connection and if it wasn't for that we wouldn't be doing it and it's the people that have that strongest passion that end up being the most successful in my opinion you know you got you got to want it you got to love it if you don't it's not for everybody once again, you're listening to Chico Adams on the WK Experience podcast. Um, anything you want to push, Chico? Uh, yes, you can check me out on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram under at the, T-H-E, the Chico Adams. So that's Instagram and Twitter. I'm also on Facebook under facebook.com slash Chico dot like a decimal, not like the actual word dot. Although if you do that too, you might get a different result. Chico dot Adams. 
And uh, I'm also on YouTube. Type in Chico Adams, you'll see a whole bunch of videos. A lot of promos, a lot of matches. You name it, it may be on there. So thanks for listening. I appreciate it. I'm very honored to be on here. The honor, of course, is all theirs. Absolutely. And keep on representing. And ultimately, what I want to say is keep supporting independent wrestling because we are the future. Exactly. Thank you so much for your time, Chico. Oh, thank you. You can't see this, ladies and gentlemen, out there listening on your iPhones, your earphones, whatever you're listening to, your Blackberries. I don't even know if they still make those, but I am shaking their hands. I'm a gentleman. I'm a professional like that. You can say what you want about me, but Chico Adams is an honest man, and everybody listening to it knows that very well. Before we leave, can we just get one mark out for you to say, I am Chico Adams, and I am listening to the WK Experience, please. No, and you and the... I am the future of sports entertainment, everybody's favorite wrestler, and you, my friends, eh, you're not my friends, you, my acquaintances, are listening, having the honor, the privilege, the duty, listening to the WK Experience. Experience. And that's all I have to say about that. Thank you so much. I mean, here we are. I, I, I can remember hearing the rabies when he comes in. And then he goes right into the boots. And I'm like, here we go right. again. Here we go the again. The last time we spoke with you, you said you, were gonna be, you weren't going to be boots anymore. What happened? Well, it got bigger than I thought. So I was like, screw it. I'll go with it. And that's where I started doing the boots in the corner. And I started the boots chants right. with by, on my own. I think people were probably there. I mean, they were chanting boots before I came out there. I think so. Um, they went along with it, and uh, next time I'll have shirts with it. I think. Uh, boots in the corner was one of the one of the highlights I entitled or, or or basically underlined on my notes. I mean, it just went over, and it works so well with what your what your gimmick is. I mean, just. Boots in the corner. I mean, it just it sells itself. Yeah, and it, I, I wanted to start out slower before I got to like how Steve Austin, you know, how he does his. Mm-hmm. I just wanted it to build, but the, basically the crowd got behind it so quick that I was able to just speed it up right. pretty quickly and uh, just keep going with it. So it was pretty cool. We spoke a little bit off. We spoke a little bit off camera a few days ago, and we talked about the 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 bangs and the bumps that go along with you know being in wrestling and being involved with it. Um, I don't want to necessarily ask you, is there a perfect take on, you know, preserving yourself this way? But obviously the, the, the feeling you get when you're wrestling overtakes the pain that may come with these injuries. How do you combat that? How do you get out there night in and night out? Not necessarily night in and night out, but every, every time you're giving in your all, how do you how do you keep pushing yourself further to where you know you block out the pain and it's just you wrestling versus another opponent? It's honestly it's adrenaline completely. Like I've never done drugs, but I'm assuming that the feeling out there in that ring is similar to someone getting high on something. I don't know, and that's probably why I went back after almost seven years because I did quit because my last match I had no idea how I got home. It was in Orlando. You know that's an hour over an hour drive. I didn't know how I got home because I was knocked out so bad. And that's happened a couple times. Um, so, I don't know. It's, I guess it is kind of like getting high out there because that's it's a, such an adrenaline rush. Like right now I feel okay, but at about 2 in the morning when I'm getting ready to finally go to sleep, it's going to be worn off and I'm going to feel like, like I got hit by a car. And I didn't do a whole lot of crazy stuff. I mean, I got power slammed off the top rope and um, some other stuff. But <clears throat> my... Sh- so last match, 
I broke my ribs. It turns out like three days later is when I realized that that table. With uh, Chico, the table, correct? Yeah, wow. me and Chico had uh, you know, we tore down the house. I, we broke that table, and I think that's, that's what broke my ribs. Like, so the reason I didn't know they were broke is because for three days or two, about two days, your whole body feels like you've been hit by a car, so everything hurts. Mm-hmm. But then that third day, you kind of feel better everywhere else, and then I realize, oh, it's just hurting here now, my ribs. And um, so they, they were definitely broke because I couldn't sleep on that, my left side for it was almost six weeks. Right. It freaking hurt. I've seen a couple of instances in there where you could have took some softer bumps, but you just threw yourself at the mat. Why? Yeah, why uh, take it if, if if you can make it softer? I don't know how to do soft bumps, so <laughs> that's me. <laughs> hey, I understand. I that power it. slam off the top rope, though, it felt like um, it looked great. That looked great. It looked that great. Looked great. I, mean, I mean, it. That, and then and that was the concept I was coming with was a perfect take. It seems like. The way you can, uh, you know, just take a bump. Go. Training can only help you so much. I mean, it's you learn how to land better to where it doesn't hurt as much. But mm-hmm. even then, without that adrenaline, you're hit, getting hit by a car. Like every time you get slammed in that ring, and um, I don't think people realize that. Like it's on a trampoline. Right. So, I mean, it's literally it's wood on steel and canvas holding it down. Like what? It hurts. Right. I, even at just standing out there after the show, watching them break down the ring and seeing what's, what's underneath the mat. And it's really nothing. Yeah. It's really nothing. Yeah. And, and there's different rings, too. Some are harder than others. And, I mean, a lot of people will ask, hey, how's this ring? And, like, I don't ask that because no matter how hard it is, I'm just doing what I'm doing. So it doesn't really matter to me. But, um, uh, so what happened, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm pretty sure my – Something on my shoulder is torn. Mm-hmm. I um, so you're talking about injuries. So my first match back, I break my ribs. Um, I don't have a match for. It was after the six weeks because I, I read online, you know, six to eight weeks for broken ribs as long as your lungs aren't punctured, which I knew they weren't because I was breathing fine. There's nothing mm-hmm. they could do. Right. So I would go to the hospital to get uh, X-ray to set for them to say, hey, you're, you can't do anything, but your ribs are broke. You just take it easy. So I just took it easy. But I was going to the gym with Anthony over here, and um, I did something one day, and I, I felt it on my shoulder, and it's been bothering me. And um, then I had this match in Orlando with, uh, it was me and um, Milo Beasley, Bums or Us, versus Leon Scott and Effie. And it was an awesome match, but after the match, I could tell my shoulder was really, really screwed up. <laughs> that night, getting out of my car, going home, like, I couldn't even... Couldn't even use my right arm. Like I got out, like opened the door, like I couldn't push off the car with my right arm. Use my left arm. Just uh, it was really difficult getting in. And like, since then, I haven't been able to sleep um, more than forty minutes at a time without waking up with sharp pain in my shoulder because the way that I sleep is kind of on my side. And um, much like myself, yeah. yeah so absolutely. then, like my arms up under my head, kind of, and then it's just, it just, I don't know. It's and then so during this match, I, I hit Bruce Worley with a forearm in the chest. Soon as I hit him, it felt like I got stabbed with a knife mm-hmm. right into my mm-hmm. shoulder. That really su- like that sucked, but uh, we got I got through it, and, and here we it, are. Was yeah. able to... uh, Bruce Rowley was here last time when we, when yeah. we came out. He's really good. Too. I, I really enjoy him, and um, yeah, I'd love to go at it with him again for sure. All right, I was just I I, I enjoy the the bad guy character, mm-hmm. you know so. 
both of your matches. Last time we were here, when you when you wrestled Chico, and then this time you wrestled best, two best two good hills. Bruce is really good too. Yeah. Um, since you've been back, if I'm mistaken, you're two and zero. Is that correct? Uh, well, we lost the tag match, so oh, singles okay. wise, two and zero. Singles wise, two and zero. Do you feel like with with your popularity now, there's there's nothing really you can't do. As far as could, could climb the ladder in TCW, it looks like I sold a crap ton of T-shirts tonight, and uh, you know I was in the the ledger, and that article was congratulations the by the way, like it, and it's the newspaper, so who knows how big it really was. But I've I had a bunch of people tonight say, "Hey, I seen you in the paper," like so a lot of people did see well, it, so it was it was pretty cool. I know from from work that a lot of people still still pay attention to the ledger. Yeah, yeah, good, good. So and I know I saw it. So nice. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to give you a little crap here because you almost forgot your cart, and I almost jumped over the railing to make sure you got your cart. But <laughs> then I saw you do a circling back around, so yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. he's going to get his cart. Everything's going to get back in this place. They're there, cycling. There Everything's going to get taken care of. There were some little kids that really wanted me to slap them five, so I just left the cart, and uh, then I took one more lap before I grabbed it. How does it feel to have a, a crowd full of people cheering for you and chanting? It, it's, it's awesome, man. Um, I don't know if I told you guys this last time, but, like, the coolest thing I've done in wrestling, it's not that I wrestled, you know, Larry Zabisco or Prince Iakea or Roderick Strong or all these names you can – Glacier, like, all these guys, right? I'm, you know, two and one against Larry Zabisco, which is pretty Pretty, pretty impressive. Crazy. Right. Pretty like impressive. Hall of Famer. I teamed with Bushwhacker Luke. Like, mm-hmm. wow. defeated Prince Iakea for the, the NFW title, right? heavyweight title. Like, Absolutely. A ton of stuff. But the coolest thing that's ever happened to me, honestly, in wrestling, and I've said this in other interviews, um, one show, I think it was in Orlando, a guy came up to me and he was like, hey, I want to thank you. And I was like, for what? He's like, because of you, I didn't have to really spend any money for uh, my kid's Halloween costume. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, my kid was you. Uh, for nice. Halloween, that's crazy. Are you serious? So he, the kid, wrote the rule wrestle for food sign. He he told me that his wife is a nurse, so she had medical tape. They used that instead of athletic tape on his arms. Well, were you able to get a photo of that at all? I, I didn't because he he wasn't dressed up there. But right. uh, no, I'm saying, did he did he maybe uh, have no, it on no, his no. phone? I, perhaps I wish I would have asked him. I mean, I didn't even think that because I was like, kind of blown away. I was like, this is awesome. Like, so that's really the coolest thing to me that's ever happened. Um, before we get into uh, possibly seeing you November 10th on Thunder Mania in Winter Haven. Oh, yeah, Winter 16th. 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 Thank you, for, thank you for correcting me. We want to do a little Q&A for you, a little cutesy kind of thing. But before we even get into that, there was a question that was really, and I, and I apologize for not answering this, asking you this last time. What are your influences? What were your influences growing up? What were the guys that really just did it for you? So when I was a kid, I loved the characters, and that's why. So like Big Boss Man was a cop, Sergeant Slaughter, Army, whatever, and like uh, even the Mountie. Like there was a like all those characters to me were were over the top, and I always felt like when I when I become a wrestler, I want to I want to be a character that's not been done. And at the time, I don't think there was homeless guys. So no, there wasn't. Oh, I'm doing this, and um, so I made it up in high school, and just went with it. And because um, to me, you go to an indie show, like no one really knows our names. Like right. they, all these people know me as Boots now, and which is cool, and that's easy. But like, you know, John Smith fought other MMA looking guy John Jake Doe, Smith like, right. so they don't remember those names and even then they probably don't remember my name and 
until now has boots, but like maybe they would just because it's rabies. But um, they remember there was this crazy homeless guy, right. and they'll tell, hey, there's this, he's nuts, he broke through tables, blah blah blah. But they remember that, and um, so that's kind of why I always wanted like the to me the big gimmick, the character was was cool. Yeah. So when, when we were talking about when we were on our way here talking about the show and everything, and I was just talking to Pat Wick, and I was just like, telling him like. If I had to choose between a big live event like a like a WWE Raw or a small little you know independent event like TCW, yeah, I choose independent all every time just because it's the, it's the roots. Yeah, it's the and it's I like just like seeing where people <laughs> come sure. from in the business, and I just I just feel like the people that wrestle in the independent wrestle for you know these crowds. That's the people that really love wrestling, you know, yep. not the people that come from a different sport or come from a different, right. you know, background and, and get into you know, it just straight, because of that name. I love the people TV. that, you know, work from the bottom. So yeah. it's just really an I mean, honor just to be in, the, in this environment. What's cool, though, too, about independent shows, you know, the tickets, 10 bucks if you just get general admission. I mean, you, come out, you can't beat it. Ringside, 15. But even even then, general admission, you're so close to the ring. Right. You're not going to ever be this close it's to really the ring. It's really ringside anyway. Yeah. So, like, even, like, WWE, like, you're going to pay a lot more for ringside, but then they have that really huge from distance from the ring, ring to the guardrail. Right. Exactly. And then, you know, if you're not, if you're, like, in the higher-up seats, you're weighing up. Like, even these, the $10 ones, they're, they're you're right really, there. you're really close, so... You're about the distance from the WWE's actual ringside to that guard that you're talking about right. being at the top of the bleachers. Yep, yep. Um, you have anything else, Kamikaze? I got to mark out here to my, my buddy Ray Bees. Nah, Ray Bees, right a lot of people don't know that me and Ray Bees went to high school together. And I have to say that I, I'd be, uh, I'd, it'd be, it'd be heartfelt if I didn't mention the fact that when you guys uh, famously came out with that uh, tape that we weren't really discussed, get too much involved in, but it was basically, you know, highlights, you know, different, you know, just crazy shit that this guy's had on his tape. You were an inspiration to us as after your senior class left, uh, going into our class of 2000, that we wanted to be similar to what you guys did. When we started our little thing, uh, as far as backyard wrestling, we emulated you guys so much as far as <laughs> making, like, Getting the video cameras, getting the tapes, setting things up, working on the gimmicks. I mean, you know, who was going to be this? Who was going to be the baby face? Who was going to be the heel? And I wanted to let, let you or give you the credit that the fact that, you know, me and myself and Justin Wood were a part of this faction. And it was created because of the, 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 the foundation that your tape uh, presented to us and as almost like a challenge. Right. You know, this, you know, these guys created this tape that was, you know, a piece of us. You know, what do we leave going into the next class? And I wanted to let you know, thank you so much for creating that. I keep uh, hearing you about your friends. these tapes. I'm, I'm waiting yeah. for one to be released. Um, well, there's some of it on Facebook. I think it's Hardcore Havoc. On the, I don't know how it's worded, but it might just be Hardcore Havoc. So you, you can check out that <laughs> the footage he's talking about. Almost, I think almost all of it's on there except for maybe like full matches but like the the highlight reels which are the it's probably all you need to see all right mean, we were nuts that was back before i even knew wrestling schools existed it was other than i thought that you know the wcw power plant that was power it. plant right right so right. like 
Um, it was also before the term backyard wrestling even was dreamt of. Mm-hmm. Um, I never heard of it. And then all of a sudden, I've seen all those commercials. And then we actually sent footage in, and we're on those stupid I, I, DVDs. I, I have we're that. Also, there's footage of us on the, um, the backyard wrestling video game. I knew it. You know, I knew in there. it. So, it's, so I, can, I can say I'm in a video game. Because so I can... Anthony over there. I can remember seeing a character like yours on well, it. It wasn't a playable character. You basically certain things you did unlocked footage, and uh-huh. then the footage was on there. Okay, so maybe so there's that's footage. What it was. There's footage of us. I, I never unlocked it all because the game truthfully blew. So. <laughs> I mean, I but, love uh, the hell out of it. But <laughs> it pro- I probably should have played it more to unlock more of our footage. But I know our footage is on it. And I don't know if it, it was. I don't know if they made more than one, but it's at least the first one. Because the first time I was here, I was like, why does this seem so familiar? And I know I've never seen it before, so I'm like, what is this? Maybe that's what it is. Uh, much, uh, we weren't able to do a, a quick little Q&A, so we've, uh, we, we diced and sliced a couple questions for you. We wanted to get uh, Ravy's opinion, a.k.a. Boots, on certain things. Uh, just a little quick one here. Uh, Flare, Undertaker, Angle. Pin one, DQ one, submit one. Do nothing. Hold on a second. Oh, interview. So back to the question. Big superstar over here, guys. Sorry, sorry. So back to the question. Flair, Undertaker, Angle. Pin one, you got a DQ one, you got to submit one. You guys leaving? All right, all right. Yeah, don't leave because my shit's in there. <laughs> no, my shit's in there. All right, sorry. We're gonna, you guys are going to have to edit the fuck no, out of this. No, 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 no. no, no we're, we're just going to leave it. Yeah. All right. No, we're good. Uh, flare, Undertaker, Angle. Pin one, DQ one, submit one. Give me your, you give me your category or um, give me your... So, I mean, if you pin Flare, that's pretty awesome, right? I mean... I mean, I mean, you can, you, I've, you, I've, you, I've, I've pinned Larry Zabisco, so... But, I mean, but, if you could get Ric Flair to submit... But you make Angle submit, right? Right. Because that's what he specializes in. Okay. And then you you just get DQ'd by the end. So that means he put me through a table with a tombstone or something. No, I mean, I mean, it could be off the. You know, it could be a hell in a cell. Well, there's no DQ. Okay, can't get can't get disqualified in a hell in a cell. I mean, I don't know. I mean, a non casket sanctioned match. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. Maybe Undertaker hits me in the head with a barbed wire bat and then tombstones me off the top rope. Or or maybe somehow the urn is involved. You yeah, know, the power of the urn, maybe? Yeah. He dumps tax out of the urn and then tombstone me. All right. The, Whatever. The, That's how it works. <laughs> the, uh, the next two are, are a little more tougher, a little more personal opinion on that. Uh, Montreal Screwdrop. Did Brett screw Brett or did Vince screw Brett? Honestly, man. It's a tough one. No, I know. I, I know. No one screwed anyone because Vince is on TV. That's when Vince became Vince. So... Some people equate that to the beginning of the Attitude Area. Yep, yeah, that, that was the big thing. Like, Vince became a, a character there, right? Like, that was his right. big thing. That was the introduction so, of that character. So, Vince didn't get screwed, that's for sure. All right. Know. Who knows, the whole thing might have been a work. No problem, no problem. <laughs> but but oh. Vince de- definitely got over the most. All right, so I got three factions here, and I just want to know which one would you join? Four Horsemen? DX or the main event mafia. Um, option D, the NWO, because that's better than anything else. Point taken. Uh, you're listening to the WK Experience. We're finishing up here with Ray B's, aka Boots. Anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, my 
social media. I hardly had any followers. I have some now, but I just created it recently. I think I told you guys that last time. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, I shared a hell out. Um, Facebook and Instagram is at Will Russell for food, and then Twitter is at Rabies Boots. Nice, so. nice. Um, any talks in the works of you working uh, possibly with a wrestling school or working at a wrestling school possibly? So, uh, TCW is getting ready to open one, and I can't really say much, but I'll probably be there helping out. So Excellent. It's going to be cool. It's, it'll be soon, and it's going to be in Arbondale. So once again, we'd like to thank Rabies for letting us interview him again thank, here thank at the WK guys. Experience. You know, we're always here big fans. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, guys. All right, thank you very much. Awesome. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, that's our show. Uh, we like to thank our sponsors, Carter's Barbecue. Carter's Barbecue off Canal Street and 60 in Mulberry, Florida. Best soul food you ever had in your life. Look them up. They have locations in Lake Wells and in Mulberry. They can cater your barbecues, with, which makes no sense. Why would you cater your barbecues? But have them cater for you. Let them cook for you. Don't have to clean up any spoons, any pots, any pans. Let Carter Barbecue take care of you off Canal yeah, Street. We're actually going to uh, throw a week week three NFL party this weekend, and we're going to go ahead and get some food from Carter's Barbecue to you know feed our guests for that day. So you should think about doing the same day for your game day tra- traditions. Add some Carter's into your life, Carter's Barbecue. We also like to thank our other our other advertiser, Jurassic Services. For all of your leather cleaning needs in the Lakeland or Polk County area, uh, Jurassic Service. You can find them on Twitter at Jurassic Services, uh, on Facebook at Jurassic Services. Uh, shoot them a message for pricing. Uh, uh, what do they call that thing? Uh, estimates and things like that. I let them know you heard it first here at the WK Experience, by yes, the way. Yes, and that's Jurassic Services. Uh, once again, we'd like to give a shout-out to the... Uh, this is just a little stactician from our podcast here at the WK Experience. Reached over 585 people today or this week, and we have a engagements of 185. So thank you for the clan. Thank you for everybody listening out there and reaching out and saying hello. We appreciate every little bit of what you do out there that you're appreciating what we do in here. And again, I want to thank our guests from our last show, uh, the Clownado episode, uh, uh, Kate Phoenix and Eric Danger Dion. Thank you guys again so much for coming on the show. What a breath of fresh air they were, right? Yeah. Just, just, was... just get, have a live uh, person in studio, not just as well as two live people. Right, but... and I know you guys enjoyed hearing some voices other than mine and Pat Wicks. So we always like to thank that. We look forward to, to hopefully doing something with them again. I'm sure they, they're, they're into making movies. And we hope you go see Clownado once again. That's available at Walmart or any of your Amazon, you know, type places to, uh, you know, buy in, uh, you know, DVD. So once All again, right. again, my like name is us, Pat Wick. Like us on Facebook at The Script Podcast. I am trying to get that name changed. But as of now, I'm in an ongoing battle with Facebook, and they won't let us change it. We ain't going to lose. Yeah. And you can find you can follow us on Twitter at the WK Experience, on Instagram at the WK Experience as well. Uh, individually, you can find us at Pod Kamikaze 
pod underscore kamikaze on Twitter for me and for Pat Wick. You can find him at the Pat Wick underscore on Twitter as well. The Pat Wick. I like that. That's very historic. Be Pat Wood. What the fuck? That's our show. We'll catch you next time where we'll be we'll be discussing uh week two NFL review and then a our, preview of week three NFL. Our week three predictions. And yes, once again, I will go into fantasy next week. Undefeated. Except for, of course, the week one loss to Kamikaze. I have to say that by law. But I will actually go in undefeated. And that's just it. I'm undefeated. I haven't lost yet. Only I've guy, only won one. But I've only, I haven't lost yet. Only guy i ever known to, to tie in fantasy, by the How way. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> All right. So let's go.